Hello everyone and welcome to episode 16 of SIDcast. I'm your host David Gibson and with me today from Ursuline Arrows out in Pepper Pike, Ohio, the land is Brandon Stewart. Brandon, it said that uh, spring break, not usually what it is over there in Cleveland. Yeah, uh, first of all, thanks for having me. I think this is a, a great resource uh, for SIDs and people who want to get interested in the in the business and to learn more and for us to kind of share things with each other. But yeah, not exactly uh, spring weather. There's no snow on the ground though, so we'll uh, we'll take that. We'll take the winds and the cold, but no snow right now. So, uh, Brandon happens to be one of my first listeners on my uh, stats that I have and one of my first followers on Twitter. There you go. Hey, you've been here someone's since. Someone's got to be first, right? Yes, you've been here since the beginning. So, uh, Brandon, just go ahead and tell everybody how did you get into sports information to begin with? Uh, well, I started out as a, a student worker at Mount Union College, now University of Mount Union, uh, when I was an undergrad there. I graduated in 2005. Um, I worked at the radio station uh, doing play by play and sports director type stuff there, uh, and then did some of the sports information stuff on the side. Um, after that, I kind of got into the, tried to go the broadcasting route. It, it didn't really pan out as it does for a lot of people trying to get into play by play. Um, but, uh, after, when I went to, uh, Ursuline college, I started coaching basketball. Uh, I was coaching high school basketball, got a job here as an assistant basketball coach four years ago. And then, uh, two years into that, our SID left to take an athletic director job and they knew I had a background in it. So it was just kind of, a late August hire, uh, about a week before school started, they said, okay, here you go. Um, take the job and, and kind of run with it. And, uh, it was a little bit crazy, especially with not doing volleyball since, uh, college that alone scared me and kept me up at night for a while <laughs> trying to snap volleyball. But, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it just kind of fell into my lap a little bit here and it's been a, a great two years. Hey, we got conference tournaments going on around the country right now. Uh, like I was telling you, ACC quarterfinals later today. I'm headed down to a nice sports bar at about 1 o'clock uh, to watch the Louisville and Duke uh, round two. So uh, that's going to be exciting. But you guys, uh, you got something going on for the national tournament. Yeah, we uh, we actually just finished up. The way the GMAC works, uh, we host our conference tournament if you're the top seed, if you win the regular season. So we just finished hosting the six-team conference tournament. Uh, we lost in the championship game uh, to Malone down in Canton, uh, but we ended up getting an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament, uh, a four-seed in our region. We were an eight-seed last year. That was the first ever uh, NCAA berth for any team at the school. Uh, so we'll actually go down to Ashland tomorrow and play Grand Valley State, who they're ranked second in the country defensively, uh, a very good team. They're giving up 53 points a game. Uh, so we're going to be down there tomorrow night in Ashland playing playing Grand Valley in our second ever NCAA tournament game. We've only actually had athletics here for, let's see, 2000, so about 16 years at Ursuline. So um, it seems like it's a long time, but only to have two NCAA berths, it's kind of, you know, a lot of the programs haven't been around as long, but we're excited to go down there and uh, participate in the tournament again and see what happens. Uh, Ursuline is a little unique, and what I mean by that is it, it used to be a lot like this. Was there's only a couple left actually? It's mm-hmm. only for all women. What what is it like to be a media relations guy in a school <laughs> that has to, you know, market the team to market the team as is? 
Yeah, you know, it's different for sure because uh, we have Notre Dame College and Lake Erie College and John Carroll that are all really close to us, and those are all co-ed schools. And we actually do have guys that go here. There's like 2% or something like that, but we only have female sports. Uh, So the campus is about 95% female, um, and it's mostly athletes. So it it definitely adds a different wrinkle because I think women's sports in general sometimes kind of take a a backseat. and we have a soccer team that has been extremely competitive. They've been in the conference championship game the last five years. Uh, obviously, our basketball team um, averages about 80 points a game, so we run just as much as the guys do. So I think getting that message out to people and just saying, hey, listen, this isn't just you know your old female sports, you know, watching the walking the ball up the court. or uh, These girls are just as athletic as anybody else, and they compete at a high level in Division Two. So um, getting that message out is sometimes tough, but – um, the girls, they help a lot uh, with just who they know and their networking and their families, and we get a lot of support that way. But being in Cleveland with so much stuff going on professionally, it's hard to get the community to, to, to buy into it. But around the NCAA tournament and conference championships, we usually see a few more people kind of kind of pop up, so that's nice, nice to have. Um, you kind of touched on it a little bit. You have to market that team in Cleveland. Like you mentioned four off the top of your head, plus you have the Cavs, the Browns, and uh, whatever for other professional team there are. I know that there, there are more. Don't. Uh, the Indians, that's another one. Yeah. You don't have a hockey team. Um, what, what are some strategies that you do to kind of get that exposure that, that the university needs? Well, the first thing that we do is we tell recruits when they come on campus um, that we don't have men's teams, but our basketball team, our men's team is the Cavs, our football team is the Browns, so we try to use that <laughs> as much as we can uh, to our benefit, but we actually played a game at the Q a couple years ago, um, so we got to play before the Cavs and then stay after that way, so we try to use it as only being you know 13 minutes from downtown um, that we can kind of partner in with some of them just as far as, hey, they're right here, we're here. Um, but you know, drawing fans away from that obviously isn't isn't going to happen. But it's one of those things where you just kind of use it as you know a, a joke for us, because we don't have men's teams that we use the professional teams as our as our men's teams to go watch. I want to go back to your background a little bit. Sure. Now, you were a coach originally at Ursuline or Ursuline. I can't believe I just said that. We talked about that before <laughs> air. That it's not Ursuline. Ursuline. It's Ursuline. Um, we get it all, so it's all right. <laughs> um, is that what you originally wanted to do, other than play-by-play? Is that what, like, after play-by-play, is that what you thought you wanted to do? Yeah, you know, I wasn't really sure. And one of my friends was coaching uh, coaching a high school team where I actually graduated high school from on the west side uh, at Mid Park High School. And she was like, I was doing a website and doing some play-by-play for them. And she's like, you know what, like, I need a, a freshman girls basketball coach. And I'm like, well, that just sounds awful. <laughs> she's like, you're not going to be very good. You're probably not going to win a lot of games. But, you know, it'll be good experience, and uh, I got involved with that. Um, I spent four years coaching there. We ended up being pretty decent as a varsity team. We went to the Elite Eight one year uh, in 2011. Um, I was coaching AAU on the side, and um, Coach Sword that's here at Ursuline, our head coach, was recruiting one of my players. And we just got to know each other through the recruiting process, and she had a position open up, and she called me one day, and she was like, listen, I don't, I don't have a lot of money. I can't give you housing. I can, you know, and I had a full-time job working for CBS Radio at the time doing sales uh, for 92.3, the fan here in Cleveland. And I was like, well, you know what? If I want to get into this college coaching thing, now's the time to, to do it. Um, kind of took it on a whim, moved back home for a little while um, for the first year, 
and then ended up getting on campus housing the the second year uh and just got into the the college coaching thing and it was i mean it's, it's worked out great because now it's led to this job and it just so it just shows that sometimes you know it's all about timing and sometimes you have to take an opportunity that isn't maybe necessarily the most appealing at the time but then just see where where it goes so it's, it's worked out really well for me what about play, play, play by play um when did you get bit by the play by play bug um really odd story so when i was at mount union <laughs> Uh, my roommate at the time worked at the radio station. He was in a band. Uh, he was DJing. He's like, hey, he's like, I know you're, we didn't know each other going into college. And he's like, I know you're really into sports and stuff like that. So they're looking for some sports people at the radio station. And I was like, oh, well, that sounds like it'd be fun to do. And I'm thinking, all right, we're at Mount Union. We've got this great football team playing for national championships every year. Everybody's got to want to do this. So they're having an informational meeting at the station. So I was like, all right, well, I'll show up. I'm sure there'll be a bunch of people there. And I walk in, and it's two guys, um, the two sports directors who were seniors, and me. And they, I walk in, and they pretty much were like, all right, well, you're it. <laughs> they're like, we need some, this is on a Wednesday. And they're like, well, we need someone to come out on Friday night with us to do this uh, high school football game. And I'm like, okay, sure. Like, I'll just do the color commentating. And we get to halftime, and the guy who's doing play-by-play, he's like, all right. He's like, now's, now's as good a time as any to, to try your play-by-play skills. And I'm like, my play-by-play skills basically involved me playing Madden. <laughs> and turn the value down. <laughs> so um, we get out there. The game is at halftime. You know, they're counting down in my ear to come back. And the bleachers had cleared out, and the teams weren't back on the field yet, which was really strange because it was like two minutes left in the half. The biggest thunderstorm that I think I've ever seen rolls in. There's lightning, yeah. thunder. They clear the place out. The game gets delayed, and I never got to do play-by-play that day. And they sent me back the next day to finish the game by myself. Um <laughs> And then it kind of started from there. But I thought I was kind of jinxed from the start when a lightning bolt struck down when I was supposed to start my play-by-play career. <laughs> and then you went uh, went to, like you said, the CBS radio. Was that you? Yeah. Was that your trying to get into the play-by-play, or were you kind of stuck with the sales? You know, it it made sense in my head that okay, if I go work for this radio station in sales, they're gonna I can slip my demo over to the the radio side and they're they're gonna hear me. And it didn't work out that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty much like, don't talk to those guys unless you're bringing them uh, an endorsement deal or anything. So um, the sales was fun. It was just obviously it's a it's a grueling grind of a, a thing to do. Uh, there's definitely money in it. I mean, my professors always told me at Mount like sales and ticket sales that was the way to go. I just didn't believe them, but it's true. I mean, it is if you can put the time in, and uh, it just wasn't for me sitting at a desk nine to five and um, getting hung, hung up on every day and um, getting called lots of bad names trying to ask people for money. <laughs> <laughs> what was one of the worst uh, phone calls you had to do there? Oh, man, let's see. Oh, one of the very first ones, I was struggling at the beginning, and um, <laughs> My boss called me into his office. He's like, all right, you're going to make this call in front of me, like right here at the desk. He's like, we're just going to pick a number out of a, a sheet. And it ended up being like this little drugstore place down in like some small town, Ohio or whatever. And I had to make the call in front of him. And these people are just not having it. Like, I think they hung up about a minute into the call. I'm sitting there in front of my boss at his desk. And then he's like, Do they hang up? Because he was like listening on the other line. And I'm like, yeah, I think they're gone. <laughs> so, it got a little better after that, but I think um, trying to think of the first success one that I had, it was actually a uh, the dating service. It's just lunch. They were the <laughs> the first ones that I ever got to come on, and they're actually still on. I hear them 
all the time on the station. So I guess that's my claim to fame with them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you got the SID job. Uh, yep. what, what were your expectations going in right off the bat? Uh, I was I was nervous just because I hadn't done it since college. And I graduated in 05, and I took this job two years ago. So I had a pretty long – I did some media relations stuff with uh, a college baseball team and then uh, a summer team and then did some stuff with uh, in minor league baseball too, but I really hadn't done SID stuff. Um, my expectations were don't mess up. Uh, even though I feel like I did like probably about 20 times in the first day. Uh, I think the people at sidearm and, uh, our, our stat crew as well got emails from me. Like, I just don't know what I'm doing. They knew me by name, I think at that point. But, um, one of the big things I wanted to do was our website had been, um, really outdated. It just hadn't had a lot done with it over the last probably seven or eight years. And that was one of the, my first things in the interview I said if, if I get this and I was pretty sure I was going to because there was nobody else so my odds were were pretty good <laughs> at that time um, was I wanted to overhaul the website uh, and we did that uh, within the first couple months and, and got a new website and got a little more up to date with what we were trying to do so um, but my expectations just were kind of just out there I wasn't really sure what it was going to be and especially with only having women's sports and it was just me um and one of the things with my workers are that most of my workers are athletes. So if there was a track meet or, you know, at the same time as a, a volleyball game or a soccer game or a practice, like my worker pool goes from like five to zero really quick. Um, so it was just trying to figure out how I was going to get people in and, and staff things. And uh, just with, again, all, all athletes, uh, I've gotten lucky with volleyball and some things where I had some people who were consistent uh, worker-wise, but yeah, it was just like, how am I going to do this when there's just no one to really work with when they're all at practice or, you know, playing another sport, and they all have their, you know, in college, obviously, it's not by season, they're doing stuff all year, so that was probably the, the biggest expectation I had was just to get a consistent staff and just, uh, again, just not screw it up too bad. <laughs> uh, what was the first thing you did when you sat down at your desk, your new desk, uh, on your first day? And you said to yourself, okay, this needs to get done first. What, what was it? That was probably the website. Um, you know, it just was, it was good for what we did originally um, seven or eight years ago when we were still an AIA and we hadn't really made the transition to, to D2. And luckily for me, uh, two SIDs ago, uh, he actually works for our conference office. Um, so I had a good resource uh, in him because he had done a lot of the stuff that was already set up and, uh, I was able to talk to him whenever I wanted to. Uh, so it was probably the website, and I got in touch with Sidearm. Well, first off, I had to get the approval from the coaches and my boss, budget-wise, just to, to do the redesign process. And um, we were able to do that pretty quick. And then it was just working with Sidearm for about three months just to get the design right and where we wanted it to and just get it more athletic-looking because I think our old page, when you logged onto it, I mean, your eyes just went everywhere. There was just stuff. <laughs> going all over the place and again at the time it was good but it was just sidearm had changed their design so much and with the mobile technology and everything like that uh we just wanted something to have a little bit more of an athletic feel to it so i think that was probably the, the first thing and then it was statting volleyball i was watching volleyball film and talking to our volleyball <laughs> coaches because i was just like i have no idea how i'm gonna do this because it had been so long <laughs> Uh, what were some sources of inspiration that you pulled when you were redesigning that website um, I kind of went through what Sidearm had done with some sites in our conference, uh, and then also just with different websites across uh, 
across the NCAA, uh, just logging on and just looking, you know, what what looked good, what, you know, stood out uh, feature-wise. Um, we're actually getting ready to probably do another one here because they've switched over and done some more uh, mobile stuff. I mean, everybody's on their phones now. It's not really as much on the computer. So just to get a little more mobile-friendly. But a lot of the schools in our conference had just undergone kind of the same redesign. So uh, looking at some, some of the things that they did just to be more in line with what everyone else was doing because you're recruiting against those schools. So, you know, it was important for the coaches to have something that looked uh, similar um, hopefully better in some cases, but at least on par with what everyone else was doing uh, in our conference and in our area. You not only redesigned the website, you just got done uh, assisting in the redesign with your school logo. I know behind you, you got the old one, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Um, the new one. So what, and you say you work with a team out in Colorado. What was that entire, I mean, that can't, that can't be an easy thing. What was that entire process like? Well, well, one of the other schools in our conference, uh, Davis and Elkins, uh, they had just done a new logo, and I had reached out to them, and I said, hey, who'd you guys use? Just curious, trying to figure it out, and they referred me to a company in Colorado called Mongoose Graphics, a uh, couple of brothers that have done some Division One schools, they've done some D2 schools, uh, and that's what they specialized in was, was logos, and the old logo behind me, um, that that's the school logo, the Fleur de Lis, it looks kind of like the New Orleans Saints thing, so... That was uh, what we'd always just use for athletics, and we just never had a consistent brand. So, like, certain teams would have the floor, certain teams would just have the wording. Um, it was just very not consistent. And, you know, you never really knew if we were Ursuline High School, because there's a couple Ursuline High Schools in Ohio or Ursuline College. So um, we wanted something that was going to be athletic for, for us, uh, just to use on the website, use on uniforms, use on social media, and just have a consistent brand. So when I got with Corey and his group at, at Mongoose, uh, it started out with, okay, we're going to take the old logo and look at it and just come up with, we actually even considered changing the name uh, from Arrows to something different because at the point in time when I first, my first conversation with, with Mongoose was that uh, I don't know how you make an arrow look athletic or <laughs> competitive or like something like that so we talked about different kind of birds we talked about the saints um just a whole slew of different ideas and then i was like you know what if you can show me an arrow that looks athletic and you know fits with what we're trying to do we can stick with that and they came back with uh with the new logo that they did again it probably took about two to three months of uh just design and getting the fonts right and getting the color scheme right and everything like that. But uh, it turned out great. Um, it's on our social media now. It's on our website. Uh, we're starting to just incorporate it onto some gear. We've got some jackets and shirts coming hopefully in the next week or two um, just to start getting it out there. But they did. They actually ended up incorporating the U and the C of Ursuline College with an arrow going through it as the primary logo. Uh, and then they just gave us a whole bunch of, of secondary logos uh, using the floor, uh, we just got a minibus uh, with the logos put on it, too. So we've got some word marks. Um, I mean, and I had asked them at one point, even after we were done, um, I was like, hey, like, could you do some sports-specific just fonts, like, say, cross-country or track and field or basketball? Like, And they're like, yeah, no problem. And they, they did those up. So now everything looks consistent when teams get uniforms done or they get gear done. They all have a font. Because before it was just literally the coaches, we'd sit down and be like, okay, we need a camp shirt. What are we going to put on it? There was no guidelines. There was no 
there's nothing. So now everybody has a set logo, set font. We actually just put it on some shooting shirts for basketball, and it looked really good. So um, we're excited about it just to have something now that hopefully will identify us uh, going forward as we continue to build. What was it like getting approval from whoever you had to get approval from? (laughs) (laughs) A process. process, Um, You don't realize how much approval you need until, you know, if you could just do what you wanted to do and not ask, that would be great. But, um, you know, I had to get our marketing team involved first, especially when we were um, talking about changing the name. Um, We had thrown that out there, and that conversation lasted about 15 minutes, and we were just like, no, you know, it's just going to be, first of all, it's going to take too long. I mean, you have to get it through alumni and all this, the board and all that. So I was like, what if we just stick with the name um, and just redesign the logo? And marketing was good with that. So once we got the first draft back, um, I was excited about them. I thought we were on to something, and I showed it to them, and it was like, eh, maybe not. (laughs) Like, all right. So we went back and just tweaked a few things, and then... um, sat down with our, our marketing vice president, our marketing director, and our president, and our athletic director, uh, actually in this room, and put it up on the board, and um, luckily it came up the, the next round, and they liked it, uh, and they were good with it. Um, they were good with putting it on the mini bus that we were getting, um, but it was just trying to figure out how to stay in brand with the school, but also have a separate athletic brand, and I think that was what we had always kind of struggled with before, was we had a school brand and an athletics brand that was supposed to be the same thing. And I think they can be the same, but they also need to be separate a little bit too. So we kind of separated a little bit from that, but they were really supportive of it. Um, they kind of gave me the reins to, to run with it. And uh, they're like, if this is what you think, you know, should be athletically done. And, you know, we talked about using different firms and I was like, well, I really want someone who specializes in athletic logos. Like that's marketing firms are great for research and all that, but they might do logos for businesses. Like I want someone who does athletic logos, and that's what we found in, in Mongoose. And um, yeah, it was just you know once we got it through the president and the marketing people and my AD, uh, they were like, okay, if you think this is it, then go with it. And I think it probably took me about twenty minutes to actually hit send on the final email that said, okay, we're good to go. <laughs> I was like, I was just like, well, what's this going to actually look like when we get it put on a shirt? Like, because you know you're just visualizing it off of uh-huh. what it looks like on the screen, and then the first round of shooting shirts came in for basketball. I'm like, okay, like I see it now, and went on the mini bus too. I'm like, okay, good. It looks, it actually looks good printed on stuff. It's not just going to be a, something that ends up looking good on paper, but not on anything. <laughs> um, how much creativity, freedom did did mongoose? let you have to kind of because you have to have that consistency with university and your new athletics branch like you said how much freedom did they give uh a lot they wanted to know what we wanted um and like i said the big conversation was how do we make an arrow look good right uh, and also without with avoiding going to the the, the native american route or anything like that because we obviously didn't want to get we already have that with the indians and in town yeah. and everything so <laughs> we didn't want to stir anything up there so you know, I let them kind of go with it after I gave them the ideas. I said, we've got the floor, the floor to lead. It's not going anywhere. Um, so it's in the middle of our basketball court in the gym. It's on everything on campus. So, like, we have to incorporate that somehow. Um, and I was actually in Hawaii this year with our basketball team on a trip, and we were at a school, uh, St. Francis High School in Hawaii. And they, uh, one of our players knew I was doing this, and she was like, well, look up there. Look at the, the banners and the rafter. And it was a fleur de lis with the name Saints on it. And it was kind of like our word mark is now. And it was real similar to what we were trying to do. And so I took a picture of that and I sent it to Corey and this group over at Mongoose. And 
I was like, this is kind of what we're looking for. And they worked off of that and um, just touched things up as we went along. And uh, so they were really, they came up with the concept and everything like that, but they were really receptive to different different ideas. But when we saw that one in Hawaii, I was like, yeah, that's that's what we're looking for. <laughs> um, once you had that new logo, what what is it like to, uh, you know, market that and replace it with, you know, the old brand that you had established for, you know, like you said, you know, 16 years of athletics. Right. I'm still trying to figure that out, I think. <laughs> when we got it, uh, I got it in a, a Dropbox folder and it popped up on my computer that they were uploading the files to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, here, it's it's coming. Like, we're going to have a new logo now. And then I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, how do I put that? Like, how do we announce it? Like, what do we do? Like, do we just put it out on social media? Do we put it on the website? And I'm like, well, you know, Twitter's usually the way to go. So put together a little graphic uh, with all the different logos and just, again, got it ready in a tweet. And I was afraid to hit send for about an hour. That time I was like asking every coach to come in and look at it. And I'm like, are you sure this looks good? Like, this is what we want. Like, we're, we're set. And we're like, everybody was on board with it. So um, we just tweeted it out and said, hey, new era in Ursuline Athletics. Here's the logo. And then I was like, okay, well, now I got to figure out how in the world do we get this to, like, what, how are we going to get it on shirts? Like, what are we going to do for uniforms and, and stuff like that? So it's still a process. Um, we just got, actually, our AD just got everybody's staff shirts uh, that are going to have the primary logo with athletics on it. Uh, so those are coming in. Uh, we get our athletes at the end of their, their freshman year. They get, um, like, a blue windbreaker jacket. Uh, a, their sophomore year, I think they get a black jacket. And their junior year, they get a drawstring bag. And those are all going to come in with the new logo on it from Nike. So um, those are, I'm hopefully going to see those soon. But um, those will be the first things where we really roll it out actually on gear. But, yeah, it was kind of a, like, okay, we have this. Now what do we do with it kind of thing. And, um, yeah, it was just kind of a slow process. I think it will roll out more this summer and once we actually start getting it on more stuff and, like, warm-ups and things like that into next year. But it's on the website. Uh, Sidearm was great about that. They got it up there within a day. Um, and then they said, we're probably going to be going through another redesign here pretty soon. So we'll kind of incorporate it a little bit more, uh, into the website, uh, since we just, they kind of were nice enough just to plug it in for us now. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a process just to say, like, I don't really, I, I've never done it before. So I was mm-hmm. asking different people and, and stuff like that, just how to, how to exactly go about it. And they're just like, Hey, just put it out there and then roll with it and see what happens. When you were asking those other people, uh, how to go about doing it. So when someone else wants to do it after hearing this and they think, well, you know, we can pull off making a new logo, what would yeah. be a few guidelines you, you would give them? I think um, the first thing is just to be receptive to, to new ideas and just kind of like, you know, you may have your thoughts of what something's going to look like and what, uh, what you're expecting, but whoever you're working with, kind of give them a little bit of the creative control too, uh, especially if it's somebody who does it professionally. Like I said, I've never done it before, so I had no problem with, uh, with Mongoose doing it uh, and giving uh, just different feedback to them. Um, but then after that, I think it's just making sure your coaches buy into it and your administration and that everybody's on board. Getting their feedback was really important because there were a couple ones that came out at first and they were just like, no, like we don't like those. Or if it was going to be a name change, like I, I don't think recruits are going to buy into that. Um, and then also your student athletes too. Once I got the first designs, um, teams would be practicing. And again, since we are so small, I mean, I could just walk down there and say, hey, you know, check out this logo, show it to them on my phone. And they would say yes or no. I mean, they, they're the ones that have to wear it. They're the ones that have to represent it. So getting their feedback while... You don't want to give them a, a ton of, you know, 
freedom with it and just say, oh, we want this and that and that, but because who knows what you'll come up with. But their feedback was actually really significant on some of the, the name change thing. There was like, no, I just don't think that name would work or we don't like that. So getting their feedback was, was definitely important. What has been uh, some of your favorite memories so far? So far? Um, let's see. Well, last year, I think, um, hosting the conference basketball tournament uh, for the first time, getting that, especially coming from the basketball side, um, being involved in the coaching for the two years and recruiting a lot of those players, and then seeing them win the conference uh, regular season last year, then hosting the tournament uh, was was really big. Um, And then also winning the conference tournament on our home floor last year was was awesome. Uh, That was pretty rewarding just from both sides because – I thought our staff did a great job hosting. Uh, we'd hosted a conference soccer tournament before, uh, and this is our first indoor conference event. And I thought just everybody did a great job from the coaches to the administrators to having the hospitality room the way that it was and just seeing how the whole tournament uh, went off. Uh, that was, It made this year a lot easier since we had done it last year. Uh, so it was great uh, to see that. But then just winning that, that first championship um, and going to the NCAA tournament for the first time, especially with a program that I had been in, involved in uh, so heavily for the past two years. So that was probably uh, the best one so far. Hopefully we've got a, a couple more coming up this weekend. <laughs> Are you going to those? Yeah, I will be. They're actually leaving today to go down and practice um, down at Ashland, but I'll be down tomorrow. Um, it's really hard for basketball for me just because of the coaching side of things like to take myself out of that role I still find myself sometimes like kind of wanting to give suggestions and our coaches are great we'll talk at halftime and and stuff like that but I don't see the game like I saw it as a coach because I'm I'm statting now and I'm looking for different things so I don't always see some of the stuff that they see but uh yeah I'll be down there uh tomorrow night we play 7 30 so it'll be it'll be a lot of fun to be in that that atmosphere and just in that that 64 teams left in the country playing well, how do you take yourself out of that role? Because I went and saw uh, my friend, <clears throat> Tyler, uh, who's the SID out at Hanover, and there was a lacrosse game going on, and he was trying to teach four other kids how to do lacrosse stats because he'll be gone with the national tournament you know, basketball team up in Michigan. And, you know, when, when all this stuff was going on and the kids were, like, you know, freaking out or asking questions, I would find myself telling them, like what what what's the proper thing to do and I'm like I got I can't do that. So how <laughs> like that's not my that's not my place and uh so how do you take yourself out of that role when you want to be so badly in it? It's tough. Like you have to take the emotion out of it. Um which is really hard to do especially when you're involved in recruiting those athletes and you know them so well and you know the coaching staff and you just want to see them them do well. But I think there's so much other stuff especially for us like uh again I I'll have uh, limited workers during the winter because of track, uh, indoor track going on. So I normally have a person who spots for me, but only spot subs. So I'm usually doing all the, the statting just off of, luckily I have done basketball long enough to, to be able to do it. Um, so I'm kind of focused so much on that that I don't necessarily realize what's, what's going on. Uh, it's harder when I travel because when I'm on the road with them, I'm really just doing social media that's about it. So then I'm just kind of sitting there like, okay, I want to say something, but I can't. But luckily, again, our coaches are great. They, they want my input sometimes. So uh, <laughs> we talk at halftime or you bring them stats at halftime. Like, hey, wait, what are you seeing? Like, do you still, you know, looking at anything different? And um, I still am able to go down to practice and pop my head in and be there during uh, practices if nothing else is going on. That's a nice thing about not having men's sports is that 
only got half of the, the stuff to deal with that most people have to deal with. But yeah, I mean, it's really hard to take your emotions out of it a little bit because then just like Saturday, we lost the conference championship game uh, on our court. And I'm obviously, you know, upset. The girls are upset about that. And then I, I have to go interview the coach and the player that just won. And then all of a sudden it just clicks back in like, all right, got to focus, got to do, got to do the job even though you know where your, your emotions and your heart is a little bit. But that was a, that was a tough one to do um, after we lost a game like that. But, um, yeah, it's just one of those things I guess you just have to put aside the emotions a little bit and, and just um, you know, remember what you have to get done. When you were recruiting those athletes to come to Ursuline, what were some uh, recruiting strategies that you used to get somebody to go to an all-female school? Don't tell them. <laughs> no it was honestly um it was one of the first things that you talk about on the uh, when you get on the call like hey we're a, a women's focused school um we would try to avoid the all girls thing um as much as we could because as soon as they heard it like just bells and stuff start going off in their head like wait what there's fences around campus boys aren't allowed on campus and like listen we have two co-ed schools within five miles you're 10 minutes from downtown Cleveland. Um, there's plenty of stuff to do. Now, the campus is pretty secluded uh, in, in a neighborhood. Um, so when you want to be on campus and you want to get your stuff done and you want to focus on your academics, you can do that. Um, but if you want to go out on the weekends and you want to go down to you know Notre Dame or John Carroll to watch a football game, like that stuff is there. Um, it was tough, especially, you know, talking to the girls, like, coming from, like, small farm towns and, and stuff like that. We've got kids from all over Ohio and Indiana. Um, so it was definitely a tough pitch. But then when you got them on campus and they saw that it really wasn't that different and there weren't, you know, nuns walking around with rulers and, you know, <laughs> electric fences around the campus and everything like that, it wasn't uh, as intimidating once they actually got here. So once we could get them on campus and show them it really wasn't that different, um, we had a better sales pitch that way. But, yeah, it's, it, we just put it out there as early as we could in the conversation uh, just to let them know and kind of ease their fears about it a little bit. But, yeah, the question always comes up um, in the process. So, uh, Do you think there's, like, a, a stigma with it? Because once those athletes, uh, you know, commit to the school, I, I remember when I was in high school, and I'm home now, so about 20 minutes, to 15, 20 minutes north, there was a, a cross-country team. You know, I was – you know, one of their opponents, and then one of the guys, it was very, very good, standout, one sectional, over and over and over and over and over again, uh, went to Wabash. And yeah. we, we remember, or I remember, some people, not even not only from our team, but other teams saying, like, well, why would you go to an all-guy school? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I think, like, it people do wonder that, especially like when they're, you know, they come from other schools and they're like, so what's it like to go here? And like, really, they just, they realize that it's not that different. Like, you know, they can wake up for class five minutes before class and roll out of bed and you're not worried about impressing anybody. Um, cause we have all girls in your class, maybe see a guy like in another class or walking on your way. So, so there still are some that, that go here. Um, I teach a class right now and I've got 13, 13 students in it. There's 12 guys, 12 girls and one guy. So your, your odds are in your favor a little bit from that standpoint. But, um, yeah, I think it's just, you know, one of those things that they get used to pretty quick. And, you know, they're so focused on wanting to succeed academically and athletically that I think that that helps them a little bit with that focus. Because, again, they only have to just basically go two minutes down the road and 
everything else is there. So you don't have the normal, you know, on-campus parties and frat houses and stuff like that. But other than that, it really isn't that much different. So I think they, they adjust to it pretty quick. You like you said, you teach a class. Um, what what class is it? And did you was that something you wanted to do, or something you were required to do? Or I wasn't required. Um, I had just finished up my master's online uh, in December from Concordia, Irvine, uh, and I did it in athletic administration and coaching. Um, so I figured once I got my master's, then I was able to teach. And our sport management program here needed um, another teacher for a class. And one of our coaches were going to do it, but then they decided that they weren't going to have the time uh, at the end. And I was like, well, you know, why not? Like, I got this master's degree. I might as well use it for something <laughs> now. And um, I, I, it's actually a coaching and leadership class. Um, so I have all athletes that are in it, um, which is a, a nice perspective to, to get just how they're thinking and some of like what they're feeling and what, how they're looking at certain situations and put them in the role of, well, you know, you're, you're the athlete now, but what if you were the coach? Um, and that's a different look for them, but yeah, it was, just, it wasn't required. It was one of the things I wanted to do. I think I'm going to do another one next semester on sales and marketing, I think is, um, I, I, although they did tell me it was like a Tuesday morning at 8am class so <laughs> that might need to be changed, but <laughs> nobody might be there. Um, but yeah, it's just actually, it was nice because they really, it was a new class. So there really wasn't a syllabus or anything built for it. Um, they gave me like a sample syllabus and they said, you know what, if you want to change it, go ahead. And I had just taken that class uh, in my master's program that was a coaching and leadership class. So I took that syllabus and just built mine from that. Um, and a lot of it's just discussion, uh, letting them, you know, giving them different scenarios and getting their philosophy and. Uh, again, it's tough because I have all athletes, so it's spring, so I've got a couple lacrosse, a couple softball players, so they're out half the time anyway. So, um, But the discussions have been good the first, I think it's been four weeks now, five weeks in the semester. So, um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I'll probably keep doing it after this, too. Uh, what What is it like balancing your SID duties with balancing being a professor? Um, luckily, now my, uh, my class is only on Fridays for two and a half hours. Um, and we're very rarely in there for two and a half hours because <laughs> I can't keep my attention for that long, let alone try and keep their attention. Uh, so it's usually from like 10 to maybe noon, 11.30 in the morning. So luckily on Fridays, there's not a lot going on. Maybe we have a basketball game or something on Saturday. Um, and with the weather here in the spring, we don't play any lacrosse games until the end of April at home. Uh, softball is like late, mid to late April with all our home games. So uh, it's kind of a downtime right now. And again, another benefit of not having men's sports is you're not, we don't have a track. Um, we don't have a pool for, for swimming in the winter. So there is some, some definite downtime. So it kind of keeps me from, from getting bored too. What's uh, your horror story so far? Horror story so far. Hmm. Well, it would probably be last year. Uh, we had just opened up a new a new athletic facility because our, our old facility two years ago, well, I guess it's been three years ago, was hit by a tornado and destroyed. So we, we didn't have a gym for two years, and we were just opening up this brand-new $10 million facility. We had a volleyball game that night, and probably about five 600 people in the gym because uh, they brought anybody and everybody out just to try and pack the place. Um, and again, I hadn't started volleyball since college. So I was going to Case Western. I was going to John Carroll. Anywhere that had volleyball, I was there for like every tournament that they had, trying to figure out 
what to do, how to do it, all that stuff. And uh, we ended up, uh, I had a student worker who had told me, like, oh, I, I was the inputter for the last SID. Like, I know what I'm doing. Like, I'll be fine. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll just, I'll just call. No big deal. So we get in the gym. The gym's packed. Um, the, the match gets ready to start, and she puts in the starters, and we're all good. We got everything written down, and then the match starts. Turns out she wasn't as good as she remembered. She just froze. I don't know if it was the crowd, if it was the me being new or whatever it was. And then all of a sudden, like, I mean, four or five points happened. We hadn't even had, like, a single thing inputted. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the match ends up, we actually had a player uh, in the last set um, come down on her ankle and broke her ankle on the court in front of all these people. So here we are, we have no stats. We The video was like the only thing that was working, luckily. So we were still live streaming. So after the match ends, um, I'm watching the video, which was actually behind, it was lower down on the ground and behind the net. And I'm trying to stat it off of that, which you couldn't see numbers. You could I was just, I'm emailing the school that we were playing. It was Walsh trying to explain to them I'm like I'm so sorry like this is my first one like <laughs> they're really understanding about it and we probably about after a day day and a half we got all this everything about as right as it, it could be but that was probably the the worst one and they got better after that so it was good you said a tornado hit Ursula yeah what what's what's yeah. all the story behind that we so it was July 2013 I think um I came here actually two weeks after it hit on my interview. Um, I woke up, I live on the, the west side of Cleveland, and I woke up and I saw something on the news about uh, a school getting hit by a tornado. And I'm like, what? Like, there was a tornado last night? Like, I mean, I knew it was, like, stormy, <laughs> but I didn't think anything like that. So I'm, I'm, I had known our basketball coach through the recruiting process, and I'm texting her. I'm like, you guys got hit by a tornado? And she calls me, and she's like, yeah, I'm standing outside the gym right now. It's gone. Like, the whole outer wall was gone. The baskets were still there. The scoreboard was still there. The banners were still there. But the whole outer wall was just gone. And um, the trees on campus were destroyed. Luckily, that was the only thing that was hit. There were no classrooms, no dorms, or anything like that that were, were damaged. And we had just gotten approved, I think, maybe two or three weeks prior to that to go Division Two. So... Huh. It was honestly a blessing in disguise because about a tornado was the only way that we were going to get a new gym or a new facility. Um, the problem was is that it took two years. Yeah. Uh, so we would bring recruits on campus, um, and it was just this big construction pile, basically, because they had to wait to get it condemned and tear it down. And, I mean, it took about a year of just that uh, and then another year to build the place. So it was like one of those things that you just didn't think were actually going to happen. Um, but now that it did, it's great. And we would... So for basketball, when I was coaching, the girls would get out of class at 3 o'clock. We would pick them up in 15-passenger vans and drive a half hour to a church uh, to practice every day. Um, there, It was a church slash roller skating rink slash boxing hall slash little bit of everything. <laughs> and um, So we practiced in there every day for two years. Uh, we played our home games at John Carroll, Lake Erie, Notre Dame. Um, it was tough. I mean, we had a, a, a real struggle with it. Yahoo actually did a story on us. Um, we were, I saw him do an email, or I saw an email pop up one day of a story they were doing on John Carroll. 
And I was like, well, let me just email them and pitch the story and just see, you know, what they, and I wasn't the SID at the time. I just did it as a basketball coach. And I was like, we'll just see if they, they pick it up. And the reporter actually called me like later that day. He's like, is this real? Like you guys really got hit by a tornado? And I was like, yeah. And so he's like, well, send me some pictures and like, let's line up some interviews and I'll see if my editor thinks it's good. And, um, yeah, he pitched a story to his editor and, uh, they ended up doing a, a full Yahoo Sports story on us. The, the only thing was the headline was like um, college basketball's only homeless team or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little complaining, but um, it was cool just to get some national recognition that way. But the new facilities is great now. Um, it, it was definitely well well worth the wait, but definitely a, a process in, in getting it built and all that. When you see uh, other SIDs in your conference division across the mm-hmm. country, and what are some characteristics that make you say that is a good SID? Hmm. Good question. <laughs> I think, well, last year I went to COSIDA for the first time. Um, that was my first time going, so I was able to, to meet some different people and also some people that I knew. But I think someone that comes across as, as confident and, and organized um, and that is obviously a good communicator um, and has those social skills, I think those are some things that stand out right away um, that you have to have in this profession. Coaching, SID, anything in athletics, I mean, if you don't have the, the social skills and the communication and that organization, um, you're going you're gonna to struggle with it a little bit. But um, I think those are probably some of the, the things that stand out the most. What about uh, one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? Uh, oh, a lot. Um, I feel like I have so much to learn still. Um, graphics has definitely been something, uh, graphical design. Um, I'm, by, I'm YouTube taught on basically everything I do in Photoshop or uh, anything like that. So I think going to some of those workshops last year at COSIDA on graphics and graphic design were, were really important uh, just to get different ideas. I mean, I don't know how many more original ideas there are out there, but um, I was able to join a group on Facebook about college sports graphics or college, I can't remember the exact name of it, but um, getting in there and just seeing different people's ideas and learning from them. And uh, people have been great. Usually when you just email them and ask them a question, uh, uh, they're, they're more than willing to share how they got to that or you know just some different tricks and things like that. But yeah, graphics are probably the biggest things. I actually just started using um, Box Out Sports uh, for our graphics just to get some consistency to it too. And and they're, they're built templates already. I mean, all I do is plug in text and pictures, and, and they're done. But just being able to do, like, different, like, thousand points or conference championship graphics and, and stuff like that, um, just getting better at some of that kind of stuff. But that's probably um, the first thing that I'd like to do. But there's there's a ton. One piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession? Get ready to work. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, obviously, again, like I said before, uh, nine to five jobs weren't really for me sitting behind a desk um, all the time and not getting out. I think that was not for me either. But having long hours, um, knowing a a variety of different sports, but then at the same time also knowing when to take some time for yourself too because I think you can get caught up. I mean, we just had that conference tournament uh, all weekend, and I mean, my boss came into me today and said, "Hey, like, whenever you, whenever you're done, get out of here." Like, just I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna do if I leave, but you know, I'll find something, I guess. But um, just being able to take that time for yourself, especially if you're looking to have a family, and um, or if it's just even just sitting on the couch doing nothing, um, definitely build that time in for yourself because you can get burnt out 
uh, pretty quick if you if you don't. I mean, it was hard taking over a job and getting things the way that I, I wanted to last year, and um, I kind of felt it a little bit by the end of the year. Um, so definitely just having that, that time for, for yourself and, and stepping away from it a little bit. Speaking of uh, stepping away from it, what what are what's your work life balance? I mean, what do you what do you do to have fun? I suffer through Cleveland sports tragedies all the time, <laughs> so I don't know if that helps her. Um, well, luckily, we got that championship last year, so that was nice, and then we followed it up with the World Series debacle. But um, but yeah, I mean, just going to going, it's still six around sports, but just being able to. Um, enjoy something that I don't have to work, um, which is, is nice from a sporting. But then there's times I just go home and just want to watch, you know, Criminal Minds or Law and Order or NCIS or something like that where it just has nothing to do with basketball or sports uh, in general. I still coach AAU basketball on the side, uh, so that gives me a little bit of uh, a step away from, from doing that. And we travel all throughout the, the country, um, Midwest really in the spring and the summer so that gives me some time to get away from it a little bit but um, yeah it's just it's definitely a hard balance because you you can always send another tweet you can always do another graphic you can always do another post and then you just have to really look at it and just say like it's 10 o'clock at night does anybody really care <laughs> like they're still going to care about it as much as they care about it um, now as they do do the next day um, and I've got people who tell me I'm like working at 11 o'clock at night and they'll just be like what are you doing? Like, why? <laughs> you know, it's just hard to understand when, when you're not a part of it, but you still have to be able to put it, put it aside at times. Uh, next time someone is near Pepper Pike or heck, let's just say Cleveland. Um, yeah. what is your restaurant or bar recommendation? Oh boy. You know, I'm actually really excited because they just opened and I think it might be everywhere. I'm not really sure. There's a place called Barrio, uh, that's a, a taco place. Uh, there's one downtown Cleveland, um, they just opened one up here closer to campus, about 15 minutes away, uh, so you don't have to go all the way into downtown uh, and deal with that. It's got tacos, uh, all fresh made, and they have great margaritas, which is always well needed after uh, certain events and things like that. So I'm glad it's closer to campus now. But we have our little, um, you know, little dive bar spots. There's a place called Cork and Bottle that's uh, close to campus where we spent lots and lots of time <laughs> in the past so um you know there's just somewhere to where you're you're not going to run into your students or your student athlete that's you know we, we try not to tell them about those places if we find one so we we, we send them the opposite direction <laughs> <laughs> um if someone wanted to get in touch with you if they had any questions or any comments or anything of that sort uh what would be the best way to do it uh, you can do it on Twitter. Um, I think it's my. I just switched over to Coach Stu UC. Uh, email uh, my Ursuline emails on the website. Um, either one of those, I'm definitely always willing to answer whatever I can. But as I said I'm still learning too, so I'll probably be asking them questions <laughs> as well. Um, but I think that's always a great resource uh, to be able to reach out to people. And the response that I've done with so far has been been great with people. So I, I definitely want to be able to kind of pass that along and, and be able to give people back the same thing that they're giving me. Brandon, that was it, man. All right, I appreciate it. Hey, no problem. How's how's I haven't been able to, you know, every year I, I say to myself, I'm gonna watch one NBA game a week. I, uh-huh. I make it through, you know, five six weeks, and then I, I I can't do it. How's Cleveland doing? 
You know, I, I used to be the same way. My roommate at the time when we were coaching, he was like, you really need to watch a regular season NBA Cavs game against, you know, the Nets in December. He's like, you realize this does not matter at all, right? And I'm like, yeah, but I still got to watch it. Um, <laughs> we're, we're hanging in there. We had Andrew Bogut break his leg in 58 seconds the other day. So that was a little deflating after we just got him. So um, still got the, the number one seed. Um, I'm just counting down the last two and a half, three weeks so we get to the playoffs and you know, maybe just fast forward to the finals. Hopefully, the East isn't isn't that good. But um, you got LeBron, so I feel like that's that, that that's always going to be a good thing until someone else comes along. But uh, it was really exciting last year here with that, like uh, going down to the finals games and then going to the parade. Um, that was that was pretty cool. So hopefully, we get to get to do it again. You know, Bill Simmons tweeted out last night. I was up at like midnight last night. I was, <laughs> I, I was starving. Normally, I don't. I, I live in, like, Central Time, and I come home to Eastern Time, and, yeah. you know, I wake up about 9, you know, tangent, I uh, wake up about 9 back at college, and it's 10 here, and then whenever I sleep in, it's like 10 back there, and now it's 11 here, and I feel lazy, but uh, right. I was watching last night, the, the Celtics and the Warriors, yeah. and Bill Simmons tweeted out, you know, this 2017 finals preview is shaping up to be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he didn't want to look at his mentions today. <laughs> I'm probably not, no. There's <laughs> probably a lot of Cleveland people in there, but hey, Boston's good. I mean, yeah. Isaiah Thomas is, is, is a legit player, and I mean, you know, they just played the Cavs last week and I think beat them, and I think, you know, a seven-game series is, is different. Um, that's the nice thing about the NBA. If they can do that for seven games, then hey, more power to them, but I don't mind Golden State losing too, so I, I was okay with that. All right, we got it. We got to go. We got to wrap it up. All right, All right. Uh, everyone, that was episode 16 of SID Cast with Brandon Stewart of Ursuline Athletics. Now the Arrows. Uh, thought he was going to change it, decided not to change it after a 15-minute conversation with marketing. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone, for downloading. If you could, subscribe, rate, review. If you got the chance, now go ahead. Uh, email sportsinfocast at gmail.com you can email me if you want to be a guest that's fine uh, always have positions open always willing to work with some schedules uh, to get you guys on because um, I'd love to have everybody on but you know I, I've only got the time for one a week so if you get on while you can um, or if you want to email me and tell me that you hate it that's fine like I said last episode I'm about halfway through my spring semester if you want to fight me I don't care uh, I, I'm tired. <laughs> uh, so, also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, you know, backslash Sports Infocast, YouTube. Whenever we have graphic design tutorials, uh, SIDcast, Sports Infocast. There. So, thank you everyone for listening, and I'll catch you all in the next episode.